welcome to Wendy's Words of Wisdom. Today we have the huge pleasure of chatting with Tiffany Stevenson. Hi, Wendy Wayson. This is nice. Isn't it? Yeah. I should let you all know that we're, it's Friday It's a Friday evening and we've cracked open the Prosecco. Which we I have. Which is important, so cheers. cheers. Happy Friday. Oh, let's do the clink. <laughs> let's do the clink. We sound like such... I know, luscious. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was... Do you know what I mean? This is, yeah. a, this, this, this is a thing. Anyway, how's your week been? Good. Yes. All right. Yeah. Did you did you uh, go and vote yesterday? Here's the thing. I didn't. I have a vote. I was going to vote, but I couldn't because I was in France. Ah. So, um... Uh, I didn't vote. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a good enough reason. So uh, that's for your glass, so you don't. Um, so you don't. Uh... Oh yeah, this just you won't be able to hear this on the podcast. But Wendy has just given me uh, a coaster, a homemade coaster a out homemade of a coaster, notepad. A notepad, yeah. Nobody um, writes on notepads. We use them as coasters. <laughs> oh, now you're going for a copy of the National Geographic. Do you know the National Geographic has never been so well served? Is <laughs> <laughs> that the only time it's been used? <laughs> it's I do like it. It's my secret pleasure. National Geographic. I I slip it into in between the grazia. Yeah. So I can like, buy my crap stuff and then get away with 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 them. Um, reading National Geographic because I do like it I learn most of my science from National Geographic yeah there's twins on the cover of one of these ones um well politics that's I mean if we are going to talk politics purely purely because it's called words of wisdom and uh I want to um, hear your words of wisdom my words of wisdom this week were it's okay to say I don't know yeah to something um because I think I could probably say this. I, I was speaking about doing question time, which I'm quite happy to do uh-huh. if it's something that I know uh, a about. lot about or I care about. If it's something I care about, then it's something I can be passionate about. And, um, you know, things like education, uh, the Boko Haram situation, those things I can be passionate and informed about. But uh, the topic of the EU came up <laughs> and that was my point of going, I just don't think I could, you know, there's just not even any point in trying to blag, um, which is why I think uh, Nigel Farage is, is quite clever because he's hooked onto the one bit of the debate that most common ordinary people feel that they can engage with, which is immigration, because uh-huh. the rest of it is trade policy, foreign policy and trying to get your head around it. So, uh, you know, this week I went, actually, you know what? Sometimes it's okay to say that I'm not yet. necessarily as engaged with it as I could or should be. Um, and... It's so hard with politics as well, because I have that thing. There's a great book by, um, I really enjoyed Robert Harris called Imperium. It's in the bookcase somewhere next to you. And the, he makes the point that at some point when you're a politician, you have to make the decision. Because you start out in politics because you want to serve the people and make their lives better. And then at some point, you have to make the decision whether you're going to serve the people or you're going to be a career politician, which has got fuck all to do with serving the people. It's about making a name for yourself in politics. And it's not the same thing. No, and and they're about the blag as well. And as comics, we're pretty good at blagging our way through most <laughs> things, you know. Yeah, sure, it doesn't I'll mean that. Yeah. <laughs> What's the thing? Sure, I'll do that. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that we should, does it? For, no. for a second. And would I you think... do question time? I think I would if the if the if the yeah you I think I will ask questions and go oh is yeah. that what it is <laughs> yeah I just really wanted to sit next to the dumbbell <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah that's that's one thing <laughs> just wanted to look at him close up um, I think comedians can be fantastic on it just providing an alternative because people do like to see other people not just politicians on the panel but as I say it's something that I it, it has to be something that I'm passionate about so yeah. if when the issue comes up that I'm passionate about. So, for example, Tiffany Stevenson. Yeah. Then I will do the whole show. Just about kind of stuff what I know. Stuff what I always wish I'd get that exam paper that she said. Just tell us what you know. Like, Excellent. I know that I don't like Aries. 
Yeah, and I've got my copy of National Geographic here, hidden yeah. in my grazia. Yeah, in my grazia. Tell me about um, EU then. Well, well, I just, I kind of, I mean, I voted. Uh-huh. I don't even know if I talk about my voting preferences. I might keep them to myself uh, for, for now. People, but... I like people, people don't disclose that. People don't disclose what they vote or, or who, how much they earn. But they're quite happy to see I had sex last week. And like, wow. <laughs> and that's well, no, I do. It. No, I do. Uh, you know, I probably would be happy to say I voted Labour. But I, I, I do feel at the moment that choices are uh, not amazing. <laughs> um, but uh, let's let's go a bit wider. Um, the EU itself, in terms of debate, is the EU. I, I understand very minimally. And this is when I was uh, well, when I mean? when I was being interviewed about it. They were kind of like, "Are you pro in out referendum?" And I'm like, "Yeah, only because it sounds like sex." I don't know. <laughs> like, should I get to? Is the it problem pink? is, is it pink? I'm in. The problem is, is that I'm one of these people that thinks I should have the right to vote on this, but I'm not necessarily the most knowledgeable. I want the option to say yes or no, even though I don't know what yeah. it is. I'm saying yes or but no most to. Would hit that option and run. run you kept yeah like, well that that good. seemed they seem to have um they seem to have gained about 90 it's, seats it's bizarre and you go well done russell brand is, 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 is yes. this what you wanted well i i tweeted that yesterday because oh, when i you? went to the polling station i no 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 well, not exactly the same <laughs> not right. a new kit but but when i went to the polling station there were loads of young people voting oh, so wow. i was kind of like that plan hasn't worked Right. You know, uh, that sort of tell them to go for apathy and, uh, you know. Well, by that measure, if you were like one of the sort of high hygienes and the sort of highfalutin people, I don't know what the correct term is. I'm pretty sure high hygien is not the right term. High hygien. is not the correct term for somebody who Tea is um, really high up in the political party. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's like the, the party secretary or whoever it is that picks, you know, that sort of that puts everyone forward for you know candidate to be an MP or whatever they should really get someone young into politics you should get your you know your Justin Bieber for Labour or something just to get the sort of didn't that happen with what's his face who used to be in Coronation Street who's now a Adam Ricketts yes a Tory, Tory <laughs> wow <laughs> I don't know if that's is, what you mean yeah I think, well I don't know if that's the one I was going to go for but yeah but I meant somebody with a bit more clit get John than, Terry into UKIP yeah well you know I, I kind of feel like it's kind of like the Hogwarts sorting hat I feel like your political party chooses you when you choose it yeah that's that's a very astute way of putting it yeah um it's uh that's that's the problem so what so that's so the, the the phrase i don't know came out when they were kind of like what do you think about the eu let's talk about the eu because i don't understand enough about i i hear the list of things of, of what being a member of the Euro- european union has done uh for britain but then i do think some of those changes would have happened over time anyway mm-hmm. and with our own budgets rather but then we do need it for trading we need it for i, I think I think one thing that could have one thing that, and then this is only coming out of ha- having a conversation with um, a cab driver who uh, actually was an Addison Lee driver on the way to doing a radio <laughs> show a couple of weeks ago, always gold for material. Gold. Um, but he was, he was actually very smart and he'd worked in France and he'd worked in Germany and was now working here. And uh, we discussed the, the sort of matter of immigration. And uh, I was saying that I think that I think Farage is, is, is a good debater. And that's why I think he's smart, because he's, like I say, he's hooked it on that. The one thing that people go, oh, actually, I can feel that your tribalism yeah. rises up and you go, well, there's less of everything. There's less of everything. And what he said was, uh, was that, you know, what we need to do is, is kind of centralise benefits. That would be a massive thing, because then that would mean that if you're a member of the EU, if you centralise benefits, then people don't people come here either to work 
but not because we offer more by way of benefits than anyone point. else. Yeah. So I think that's quite a smart move. I don't know how realistic it is. And that's where, again, I just go, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I do know that, that Farage looks like an earthworm, though. <laughs> that's, that's... He's a funny-looking guy. That's why the, he's a funny-looking guy. And then there's a woman talking about politics. I always thought they should have gone for the other Miliband because we'd all have voted Labour for the other Because <laughs> yeah. he was the dishy one, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I, I really think it's about time that the politicians got some of the stuff that entertainers get. Yeah. I think we should have a heat magazine torso of the week week. yeah it would be eric pickles every time wouldn't it because that's the only joke that's ever made about poor eric pickles um but we should we should have like what is he wearing gray again that's like three days in a row who are you wearing yeah i think we should have a i I, I mooted this point the other day there that we should have a comedian's party conference Mm. let down in brighton and all stay and go you know this is what we think this is where we want to be by the year 2015 here's what we want state to of the in, state of the union yeah state of the union for the for, for the, com- the comedy party yes <laughs> then we get some votes do, do you know what we'd actually get people coming to party political broadcasts if there was a comedy party yeah well didn't they try that with the raving loony were they comedians I think they were just crazy. <laughs> it's a fine line. I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> but did you do that? Um, there was a thing that went around the Edinburgh Festival maybe three years ago where somebody was doing their dissertation on the psyche of comics and they sent out this um, They sent out this questionnaire. And it was like kind of like, you know, are you, do you like work out, outdoors or indoors and blah, blah, blah. They were all kind of straightforward questions. And there was one that said, do you believe you had magical powers? And of course I was like, oh. Well, not now that you asked. Like <laughs> of course, I have magical powers, but I can't say that can because you're going to write me off as a loon. But you know, <laughs> well, they did. They went all comedians are psychos. All comedians are correct. That was an article in the Guardian or something. Oh, was or, it? Yeah, I mean, everyone has some form of who, what's normal. Um, is, is is a more pertinent I think question. Drinking prosecco on a Friday evening is perfectly normal. Exactly, especially if you justify it by going twenty five percent volume of alcohol. who's arguing over half (laughs) half a percent it's called first cape light well, they, they, it's quite less nice, calories. It? It's a less calories. Oh no, I'm, I've got oh. a low fat. A no, low fat I wine. love that. Like this has made it even better. I need to get thirty oh, percent no. less calories because I drink prosecco all the time. Where do I get this? I got it in Tesco online. Right. Where I also got that, and I got six packets of Lure Pack because I didn't realise I already had um, four in my packet. And well, this is good, no, because I don't want the baby to get drunk, but I do mind getting fat. <laughs> so you don't want the baby to get drunk. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. Is there something you're telling us? Too? No. No. Every time I see Wendy, uh, I make she, you get. Like, she tries to. She tries to pretend I'm pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Are you not pregnant again? No, not pregnant again. Last time I saw. <laughs> last time I saw you, I had. Let's put this. Uh, if I was to put it in a nice way, I would say uh, I wasn't very well. I was having a double end extravaganza, okay. as in it was. Yeah. yeah you there. can work We're out. There. You We're can there. work out. Um, and I was on Imodium, but Wendy had decided this meant that I was most definitely pregnant. Yeah, I do that all the time. My dad knows I've, I've watched a lot of ER. I think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> My mother's a nurse. I know what's going on. That's <laughs> good. I can read all the symptoms. Um, I'm just. I said I was in France and didn't vote, but um, right. so which, tell I mean, us about you know, France. Um, and I do, I feel passionately about voting, but I didn't get my act together to get a postal. Anyway, it didn't work out for me. But I was in France um, uh, this week. And I flew with Ryanair. Do you enjoy, what's your Ryanair experience? Um, I'm flying with them next week because Aer Lingus are on strike to get to Kilkenny for the festival. So uh, crazy early, early hours flying. I don't know. I mean, 
EasyJet and Ryanair are Ryanair are the ones, aren't they? The ones that sort of are talking about charging people for have, for being like overweight, making you cry out all your tears before you get on the plane. <laughs> well, EasyJet, I've had quite good experiences with Ryanair. I kind of feel like the attitude of Michael O'Leary just passes right down because he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, and he's passed that on to his staff. They really can. I mean, there was one nice guy on the flight, but and also some of the customers trying with Ryanair. You, you kind of go. The, the plane stops and everyone piles out into the, the gangway and you're like, I literally can't move. I, I can see you getting out of your seat. You can see me standing in the... There's nowhere for me to go. Where do, where do you want me to go? But um, what I find extraordinary is that Ryanair have flown into lots of little... You know, they'd fly into obscure... They say, you know, Paris yeah. is actually Bordeaux. You know, that, yeah. so they've got all these little obscure airports in the centre of Paris and what they've... In the centre of France. Yeah, random places. <laughs> And what they've done is because lots of um, British people, British pensioners can't afford to retire in Britain, they they head over to France, and of course there's loads of flights over there. So he can, he's kind of responsible for artificially driving up the, the property prices in certain pockets of France because right. Ryanair serve that area. But then they get he gets a kickback from the airports for flying there, and then one um, one airport I think it was Angoulême said, we can't afford this We're gonna because we're getting so much traffic through here. We're going to expand the airport. So can we not give you a kickback? This, this, we won't give you your extra you know, uh, fee, your annual fee this year because we're going to expand the airport. Um, but we'll give you it next year. And he said, no, nah, if you're not giving me a fee, I'm pulling out. So he's pulled out. Wow. So, of course, all these people now can't get to that area. So they've put their houses on the market, which they can't sell. Because, because the, they're not worth it. No because no there. one gets <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. That's also, mercenary. It is really, you know, that's that's someone who's making a lot of money. He charges, apparently he charges cabin crew to I'm do worried, their I'm, I'm worried because I'm, fly, I'm going to be honest, I've got a lot of like PMT water weight at the moment. <laughs> Can you imagine huh? that? It's going to be worse than like that fat watchers on <laughs> Britain before you get on a plane. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's quite petrified. I've always thought that about the... Um, the one thing is, is that, and it's generally been covered quite a lot, uh, the idea of like taking off shoes and everything to get on planes and what we can carry on and what we can't carry on. But when you are getting, it is a real problem when you're going sort of these short haul with just carry on because, I mean, you think terrorists are scary. You haven't seen me without mascara. <laughs> like it's more than makeup. It's more that I can't bring that bottle of shampoo because yeah. it's over 100 mil. And I, is that going to end that, anytime that soon? Everyone has that obsession with like just having carry on. What's that obsession? What's the what's the because no the one wants to wait dare minutes to get your suitcase? What from the carousel? Yeah, because empty carousel is like you, you know with one thing going round on it, and then everyone jams themselves right next to it. So even when you do see yours coming apart, it's if you've been on a if you've been on a flight and you're tired and you're grumpy, you just don't want to stand around for that extra bit. You just want to get off as soon as you get off the plane. I find that extraordinary that sort of polite people sort of leave their. Also, they charge away. you. They charge you. They don't always charge. Well, they can charge, but they charge you more if you're. Oh, I was like two kilos over my weight on my suitcase today. Guess how much? How many euros per kilo you have to pay? Um, twenty. Well, it's ten euros per kilo. That'd be what? twenty euros for an over overweight bag. That's crazy. Like, oh my god. We well, you know. Oh, here's the other thing. This is what they do on Ryanair. We should weigh you and your suitcase together to make sure that you're not over. <laughs> I don't know. Well, hundred kilos at the um at the uh, it's and it's always the Stansted airports. It's not really. I don't think it's at Heathrow, it's but it's always airport. it's always near the budget airline. So it's always near EasyJet and Ryanair. They've started opening like charity desks. 
Because what they did was they took a look around at the, the, the scene there of those people having to pay for plastic bags, being delayed on their flights, oh, no. <laughs> uh, not allowed to book seats. They looked at that and they went, this will stoke the fires of altruism. <laughs> what we should do is, is, is cling on to people here and get them to sign up to charity. Like, but you don't see it outside the first class lounges. It's only on the budget airlines. It's such an interesting thing. Really, really wealthy people don't give, don't away, give their away their money. Don't give away their money, yeah. I mean, we know that. <laughs> the, um, I have to say, we, whenever I go on, on holiday and there's free, um, there's an airport with free plastic bags, I'm grabbing about 50 of them. <laughs> Primarily just to take a handful and stand next to where they charge for them. Yeah. People at um, security get really grumpy when you're handing their free bags to people. You can also use them Do as... It. Do it. It's brilliant. Freezer bags. You could use them as freezer bags, but it's much more fun to wind up people at security because they seem to really enjoy their jobs, don't they? <laughs> they really... They're in it for the love. It's bizarre. And you think, God, you're so grumpy. It's not my fault you hate your job. Yeah. And they're there making... It's not my fault you're here doing this and I'm on my way to Barbados. <laughs> I've never been to first Barbados. Yeah, first class. First class on my Ryanair flight. Can you imagine? Um, no one wants to be there. No, what, what an, I tell you, my pet hate at the uh, is the people that don't empty out. So when they take their carry-on to go through the scan, <sighs> the people who don't take their cosmetics out and yeah. don't take their computers out whilst they're in the queue and then they get to the front and I'm stood behind literally tearing my hair out like the rage is far beyond what is required for the situation but you're like the fuck Did you are you see doing? this coming <laughs> yeah it is extraordinary <laughs> and people are going through and they're like uh, and they set off the, the, the beeper and they come back through and they've got a belt on you're like you fucking idiot yeah you should get arrested just for being an idiot I've started shouting take it off take it all off <laughs> in the queue <laughs> They do get quite dark. That's people, people that in supermarkets who don't take their purse out before they get to the, you know, when it's all going through. You get there's a yeah. definite countdown at a supermarket when you know you're going to have to produce your purse. Yeah, you to know, get it you're, ready you're a when you're nearly when you're the next customer yeah. coming up. Or don't you know, like some people like pack their soup their bags and then go in for the purse after they've packed their bags. And I'm just like, no, no, that's not the rules. <laughs> yeah, let the, the next person get on. Let the next Although I was at Marks and Spencer's in Muswell Hill, which may be the most middle class sentence I've ever said. Um, and I was, there was a woman and to, to be fair to her, she was just packing her stuff and sort of not taking her time. She was doing it at a pace, but the woman behind me the whole time was like, oh, oh, come on. Oh. And I was, and then I got to a point where I was like, that's actually more annoying than this woman taking time. So then when it was my go, I took twice as long because I was like, let's watch you that's tuck what through my me. would do. He just really <laughs> enjoys, if someone's being a real dick to him, he really enjoys going, oh, so it's annoying if I do this. Okay. But then today I was, I was feeling like Stephen, my husband Stephen, on the phone today when um, they told me to turn off my phone on Ryanair because we were delayed and I was texting them to say I'm late and they were like, can you turn your phone off? I was like, I'm just texting my husband to say I'm going to be late. <laughs> so if you just give me two more minutes because... Because it's your delayed. fault? <laughs> just being a dick. Because, you know, why, why wouldn't you wind them up? Yeah. Why, yeah, why not? <laughs> it's good fun. Me like that. I wonder why they're so grumpy on Ryanair. Me like the worst traveller ever, just annoying them all. Oh, what... what? Another amazing thing happened, I think that was on a Ryanair flight, was once when I was on one and we hit turbulence and they were still trying to sell shit. <laughs> we hit turbulence and I was like, what do you think's going to happen? I'm going to go, do you know what? I might die off it. I'll go for that bottle of Fahrenheit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. But, you know. but today they kind of almost felt like there was in a sketch. Today they said, um, the if, if you need to use the toilet, I'd use it now because we're going to, there's half an hour to landing and we suggest you use the toilets now. So I got up to go and use the toilet just as we hit some turbulence and the pilot put on the fasten seatbelt signs 
And she went, can you go back to your seat, please? There's fasten seatbelt signs on. I was like, well, you just said I could use the toilet. I said, no, you're going to shut them. Fasten seatbelt signs on. So I went back and sat down. And then when the fasten seatbelt sign got off, I, I got up. And she was like, no, the toilets are closed now. Why? Yeah. Who closes the toilets half an hour before landing? Yeah, toilets, the toilets are closed. They're not a theme park. <laughs> <laughs> Bizarre. That's weird. So yeah, I wasn't allowed in the toilet. So you just, you should have gone, look, how about I shit it in my hand and smear <laughs> it all over the hand windows? You. Yeah. Can you do something with this, please? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I didn't get to use the toilet on the Ryanair flight. Someone told me once in an air, um, a good fun thing to do in, in, in a long haul flight is to sprinkle a line of talcum powder on the door, uh, just at the door, because apparently it's a vacuum and when it flushes, the air pulls. Oh, the, nice. Um, so the next the person Puffs comes out, out is just covered in talcum powder. <laughs> I've never had the nuts to do it, but I'd quite like to. I'd quite like to go on a plane with you because you, you're the person who is most likely to, to do it. To do it. Although I don't know if you'd get away with taking talcum powder on a plane. If I could get cling film on, <laughs> I'd cling film the toilet. Would you? Yeah, I used to do that at school. So that someone just wheeze into cling film? We Either they... Or, either they oh, yeah, something there's another option. It, or it bounces... Yeah, yeah, you just... Oh, yeah. that's a bit grim. Yeah, so they don't see it. <laughs> just, it's horrible. <laughs> it's really horrible. It's ho- I don't like these horrible tricks. Yeah, but you went to a nicer school than me. Really? Well, I, Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do that at school. I don't know why I did at school. Did, did you? But did you go to private school? I did go to a private school, yeah. but I was a poor kid. At the, well, I wasn't a poor kid at private school, but I, like, I came home and went. Oh, everyone's going on a skiing holiday, and my dad went. And <laughs> normal people don't go on three holidays a year, Wendy. Yeah, that was well, like, that was news to me. So yeah, so you were the, they probably didn't get up to those sort of antics. Maybe it was all a bit tick VG apple pie beds. But where I was, it was our core. Was it clicking film on the toilets? <laughs> and that people was the getting, teachers' toilets. <laughs> people getting stuck in the bins. Oh really? I got locked People in the stuck in the bin. Well, put in the bin. Oh, you can ram them down. We did that. We did that. Wow, someone is that my son. <laughs> is that it? Might That's be my youngest. <laughs> Sorry about that. Mummy's on the prosecco. Um, what um, what else was I going to ask you about? I was going to. Oh, so you're going to Kilkenny? Tell Kilkenny, me about that. Yeah, Kilkenny. Uh, so going next Friday, which is the thirtieth. It's the first time I've done it, so I'm very excited. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's the twentieth anniversary. Wow. So that's pretty. That's and are you doing good. an hour show? Are you doing a bit? Or? No, we, everyone pretty much does um, lineup shows. So I think there's one night I'm on with Tommy Tiernan and oh, Ka- W. Camu Bell and Kathleen Madigan. She's oh, there. I She's saw Bell. I went to the recording of his TV show in New York when I was over there doing the New York Comedy Festival. Ah, yeah, yeah. He's totally biased. Yes. Yeah, great show. Great show. Funny man. Um, so yeah, he's on Ka- Catherine Ryan, who you had on the last one of these. Yes. She's there fun. as well. Um, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really good fun, actually. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, they do. It's mainly, I think... flying Ryanair. Yeah. I mean, it's mainly, um, yeah, it's mainly line-up shows. Although I think there might be the odd solo show. And I think I was there the year that that was put in place. And it was because Doug Stanhope was on. And they put him on a bill with Dara O'Brien, which is hilarious when you think about how that was programmed. Because there's all these, That's like, bizarre. yeah, there's there's lots of um, sort of older <laughs> ladies who love Dara. Who's like, oh, you know, I don't know why they just you went Scottish, Scottish there. Accent, yeah, I was going to do Scottish. It's like being at home. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's an island. So, yeah, but there was lots of, uh, lots of, you know, not, I'm not saying it's all old, but, you know, Dara's audience is very different to, to Doug Stanhope's. Yeah. Um, and so Doug was on and he, he made comments in the paper. And I think Ellen Atinan had a very funny re- uh, riposte to this. Um, but I won't ruin it. You can probably find it by looking online. But he said that Irish women were too ugly uh, to rape. And oh uh, she had a very, very res- funny response to this. But it caused a big kind of like, 
big fuss when he was over there and then he was on lineup shows with 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 Dara and then that was kind of stopped and then then Doug was doing a, a solo show oh, I see. <laughs> yeah in like yeah in like Cleary's or somewhere what's like that what's your um, feeling about rape jokes um I think context is everything I don't I haven't seen Adrian Truscott's uh one woman show, you know, the one that won the panel prize in Edinburgh last year. But okay. I think that's on at Soho at the moment. I'd like to see it. I think context is everything. I've heard some people that have got some great jokes and they're at the expense of the rapist. I don't think you can have a blanket rule. I'm all for freedom of yeah. speech. I don't think that, that people who have brilliant jokes that are quite clearly, you know, uh, uh, slamming either the justice system or the, for example, I heard Bridget Christie, uh, the other day but it wasn't a joke at the expense of the of the victim, the victim. you know it was uh it was yeah i don't want to ruin the joke i don't want to gonna... do i don't want to again i don't want to ruin the joke because it's from a new show but um there are but you know there are brilliant examples of them so i don't think because a crappy open spot nine times out of ten male i don't mean to uh <laughs> <laughs> i don't mean to um attach it a stigma to male open spots but i'm gonna uh, <laughs> uh that's where it comes from and so does that mean no one can ever do it because they've done a crap version of it yeah so i think it it needs to be obvious it needs to be clear you know i don't think you can Who say no attacking? jokes because yeah. otherwise you go well no jokes about cancer no jokes about terrorism no jokes about anything horrific you know i've got jokes in my show this year about suicide you know or my suicide attempt so what should I not do that? Because it's Did you trying to kill, kill yourself. We, years, years, and years ago, as it was a bad Edinburgh. But it was um, <laughs> sorry for that. Actually, <laughs> no, You're still it, was, here. it was. Uh, it was. It was in my twenties. It's, it's good and to it be was... good at some things, but it's quite good to be bad at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one thing to not be amazing at. But uh, yeah, there's a whole story in it and it, uh, about it in Edinburgh. And um, that's what but, your Edinburgh show's about, is it? It's not just about that. It's about optimism. <laughs> Okay. Generally, optimism so, born of pain. Born of pain. It is actually. I think there's a bit of a journey through it. Really, is kind of from being quite young and and thinking I could make a difference to mm-hmm. getting older and kind of feeling like I had that battered out of me a bit to coming back round to going. Actually, I can if I just speak out about the things that I think yeah. are important, and if I use my voice, then actually I think that is what hope is. You know, it's the hope is the you know is, is uh, over my experience mm-hmm. that I actually I can make a difference. Like when I was 14, I went on Kilroy, you know? Did you? Yeah, to argue that education should be free for everyone because I... And it should uh, be. You know, I, I lived near Harrow School and uh, so I used to see them in their boater hats and their privilege and it was, I think it was still all boys then and I that drove me crazy. You know, they were like, oh, we just, you know, they got to have, they had the world in front of them, you know, carpe diem and my school was carpe phallum. <laughs> which is the correct tense, <laughs> I would like everyone to know. Um, but I I was so incensed by their privilege. And uh, so, yeah, I went on, I went on Kilroy. So at 14, I really thought I could make a difference. I, you know, I was a feminist. I, I was a bit of an activist. I could, you know, I felt like I could make a difference and my voice was important. And then somehow I kind of lost that. As I got older, you sort of get it crushed out of you. And now it's come back again. But I think as you get older, you kind of think, because you, you do think anything's possible and then you get sort of to your mid-twenties and go, well, maybe not anything, Phil. Maybe some things are possible. And then as you get older, you, I mean, I love, I'm 40 now, and I just love it. I love that sort of, oh, you're going <laughs> to beat yeah, up the place. Gonna... I love not worrying as much about what people think. think. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point that comes in your th- in your 30s, I think. There's a, you spend, I think a lot of your 20s are spent desperately wondering what everyone else thinks about you. And then when I'm you get to your 30s, why, you go, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. No, it's about what I think. Yeah, it's not about and, what they and, think. I'm wondering why certain people don't like you. I used to think, yeah. oh, what have I done? Why do they not like me? And I'm like, 
I don't mind going. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hang out with people that I want to hang out with. Yeah. But then again, the making a difference thing's interesting because I kind of feel like anything is possible as I get older and that you can... I think you. I think it shows anything is possible if you, you know, followed Stephen's story, the young guy who was... Um, oh my God, that was heartbreaking. Um, but that just goes to show that anything is possible and actually one person can make a difference. Such a massive, man. Such a massive difference. Um, obviously, I'm not comparing myself, but I'm just saying that that's so one thing. We're the same, pretty much. Yeah, we're pretty much... <laughs> but no, but, but do, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like one person can make... A di- well, we know that. We know that from world leaders, from inspiring yeah. people, you know, that you can... It's about speaking up and finding your voice and fighting the fights, no matter how small they are and no matter what your platform is. And Mm -hmm. that's the joy of stand-up, actually. You know, the bigger my platform gets with that, the more I can get to kind of talk about the things that I love. as you get older, you're like not so afraid of sort of saying something that you don't think is right out out loud. Yeah. Because there was a time when I think, I don't want want to upset anyone, I'm not going to say that. Yeah. But like even sort of a situation I said the other day, like uh, the other day they put something on Facebook, which I would never have said in a million years, five years ago, because someone pinched a gig off me. That I'd never say yeah. before, but I was kind of like, do you know what? That's really shitty, and I'm not going to sit on that. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure Facebook is the best platform for it, but it's a start. Yeah, but I do, <laughs> I do think it's about chat, and I think especially women, I think especially women in their 30s and their 40s and their 50s, and that you know, because we're so focused on youth as well, and girls are coming through now that are so confused about what is what is expected of them you know i watched um so is it tiger funny. is it tiger drew honey or whatever oh, yes. the girl from um the guy from the, um, sorry, the from outnumbered. outnumbered and it was a, a a documentary on bbc3 and it was great but there were young girls who were kind of going oh yeah yeah this totally expected what you see in porn is expected in the bedroom you know <clears throat> so i think it's really important that older women especially and by older i mean you know from Us, yeah yeah you know kind of speak up and go okay this is the case look yeah. this is not it's not it's always not been manual. like this it's not a manual it's not yeah yeah we, we covered this in the, the, the podcast i did um last week with Catherine. i think about we talked about porn about what was expected of you so i wouldn't go over yeah what was expected. but 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 i think about uh speaking up voices being heard and also just greater um I mean, we'll t- we'll touch upon it, but it, mm-hmm. you know, we d- we've both talked about this loads. So almost to the point where you go, how many times can we keep talking about it? But greater greater <laughs> visibility and no, just for as- women everywhere, it's just you know, for women to variety and just to show at every level, at every age, at every class, of every color, of every creed that there should just be more women visible on television, on the radio, because we make in up clubs. Because we're one percent of the population. But we're yeah, not, like, we're not we're not everywhere, are we? In print journalism, in film, you know, we're the biggest we're the biggest kind of money spending group at the cinema. Like women in their thirties, and there's nothing for us when you go. Yeah. You know, you'll get, and so it's an anomaly when you get something like bridesmaids. Everyone goes, well, there, you've got... A th-. And you go, yeah, one. <laughs> Every three We've years. got one. We've got one. You Thanks, just shut guys. up and stop complaining, God. I I, um, I went to the cinema when I was in Queens and um, I saw trailers for films when I was there. I mean, that's a phenomenal experience anyway, just going to cinema in America because they're so excited. I love it. And we were sat next to a guy who just completely narrated the whole film as if it was for the blind. He's like, oh my God, what's in the box? <laughs> Take it out. Oh my God, he's fallen over. Well, you know, I do lots of voiceovers. And one of the things I do is audio description um, right. for partially sighted people. And you sort of, you pretty much take on the position of someone sitting on someone's shoulder that can't, you know, can't see very well. And you're like, they've gone into a cafe and they're sitting down for a coffee. And then the dialogue will start and like, 
She's opened the door. It's very dark. And you're <laughs> she looks annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't going to end well. <laughs> you start putting your own flavour yeah. into it. If well, I was her, I would dump in. Yeah. The music's getting really fast. I think something bad's going to happen. <laughs> Please, Wendy, stick to the script. Um, oh, but, it, you know, there's so many sort of levels. I mean, as a, the mother of a daughter, like, um, we had a really interesting conversation about what you wear because she wants to be a big... She's 12. She wants to be a big girl. She wants to dress in sort of quite sexy, low-cut tops and stuff. And I was kind of trying to explain to her that what you wear sometimes sends out a bit of a message of who you are and where you are in your life. And sometimes if you dress in a low-cut top and a skirt, it might look like you're old enough to deal with the attention of men and to deal with certain kinds of comments that you're possibly not old enough to deal with. So you've got to bear in mind when you're dressing how old you look and what it looks like to everyone else. So she's like, right. And then, of course, in your head you're going... Oh my God, have I? <laughs> yeah. Have I don't I, want to be derogatory to other women, but at the same time, I don't want her to dress like a slut. <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to tread the line of, um, of, I, I, I think it's, it's interesting if you look at, well, yeah, when I was in America, when they were trailing the films, they trailed four or five and there was just no visibility. I was like, it's like we don't exist. It's like we don't exist. I've just watched really? trailers for five films and then one of them's a comedy film and the only comedy part in that is is an actress who's not particularly a comedy actress, who's beautiful, who's with a guy that she would never be with. Oh, really? in because, And then just a cast of guys. And you're like, oh, this is, you know, just... It's you just feel sad. like sometimes it feels like it's so mammoth that you go, I just have to get on with mine because mm-hmm. I can't you can't fight it for everyone all the time it's exhausting and then you've got a daughter and then you're kind of going i want you to i want to tell the you that you can do anything be anything but, but i'm I surrounded with evidence don't. to the yeah. contrary you know there's a really i mean i read a really interesting um article that i then blogged about about um how black women were kept out have been kept out of the media for so long they've been kept out of you know the, it was a real furore when the first black model appeared on the pages of all... I mean, I don't have the, the date at, hand to my, at my fingertips, but um, anyway, it, it was a big deal and how black women have protested for so long because they've not been involved in, you know, big makeup campaigns or or big or fa- high fashion magazines and they've been kind of excluded from the media. It's always been white, six foot two, blonde girls with blue eyes, you know, that... that yeah. With, with, you know, with the hey, I'm sat right here, Wendy. Yeah, look at you, <laughs> sexy bitch. Um, so, and how the, how terrible it was for them. But as a result, a lot of black women have come up with what's attractive to them. And it is being well-groomed, having your hair done, having your nails done, wearing nice clothes, appreciating your body, whatever size and yeah. whatever shape. And as a result, being excluded from the media means they've had to More come up body with... More body-confident. Yeah, but they've had to come up with their own set of criteria of what's attractive, and it's not what's on magazines. So yeah. you see, like, big, uh, like, the larger black girl walking down the street looking gorgeous and fabulous and feeling gorgeous and fabulous because you know because of some accident of birth she hasn't been born six foot two and blonde she still looks amazing and feels amazing whereas white women yeah go, oh, I'm too fat, I'm too thin. yeah it's a thing of you you are constantly beating yourself up for not being quite right yeah um, uh, because it's amazing because men no matter what it is they're represented across the board you know in entertainment from the good looking ones from the young ones to the weird looking to the nerds yeah, to the that, beefy that, that's guys that guilty crush. but there's not like women are like a genre of their own rather than a kind of like <laughs> you've got you know you've got women who are you've got curvy women you've got big women you've got small women you've got short women you've got tall women you've got smart women you've got ditzy women you've got you know everything in between you've got you know you've got funny 
you've got evil. You know, we're not, but you know, or on every level, you're just not kind of seeing that across the thing. And then all of a sudden it becomes a deal. I was backstage at the comedy store. I think I'd gone to see, I'd gone to go and meet, I had a gig. After my gig, I'd gone to go and meet Adam Bloom, I think it was. And we were backstage talking and um, this interesting thing came up because uh, sometimes I think, the male comics don't quite get a handle on what it's like because a conversation come up and, and they were talking about someone had been on at the backyard it was a, a black comic a, a newer comic I don't remember his name but he'd come out on stage and went I'm going to address the elephant in the room I'm black and someone had booed and so this conversation which is awful right so this conversation came about with like the predominantly white comics who were sat there, you know, going, how awful that is. And then, then one of them went, I just, you can't imagine it, can you? You know, you can't imagine going out on a stage and feeling hatred from an audience. And I went, well, I can, cause I'm a woman. And then they went, well, it's not the same, is it? And I went, sorry. And well, it's not the same, is it? You know, like misogyny and sexism isn't, isn't as bad as racism. I went, Wow. Oh, oh, it isn't, is it? Who and uh, and where do we go to? Do we go through and rate them? Where do you put homophobia on that list as well? Where do you put... Can you imagine what that's like? Yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it doesn't... You know, it's not the same now, but I... Ha- you know, there has... you. We all know there's been situations where you've walked out and you've gone... Oh God! You know, yeah. unfortunately, in the last couple of years, it's changed. It's it's, it's not a. It is changing, but also I kind of find it. What I find lovely is the amount of times that you do a gig and and a, a young girl comes up and says, "Oh my God, it was so great to see a woman saying, you know, me in a few years' time talking about what life will be like." And you can yeah. go, "Well, good. That's the point of this, isn't it?" That- well, and that's the thing as well. That's the thing. Like club level is one thing, but kind of when when TV. You mean obviously with the positive discrimination that's going to be happening on shows and stuff we should the vi- <laughs> we'll see <laughs> well the visibility should start increasing but you know if people go well we're doing it all from the circuit you go why your tv why should you be looking to the circuit you should be the trailblazer yeah you should be in front of the circuit you should be in front of the clubs but all that's happened is lots of people have sprung up their own things and the roots are so different now and diverse yeah. it's not necessarily about doing clubs then getting on tv that's one you know way of doing it some people are creating their own rooms their own nights their own fit you know and it's all it's all different but just the idea that backstage you know and I think that's a a, a male comic idea is that you know you you can't that that sex or misogyny is not as bad well that as racism or homophobia and you go well we're 51 percent of the population well I was was speaking to my husband about that until we get to a situation where when somebody speaks negatively about a woman and there's no woman there you know, if somebody's racist about yeah. someone and there's no black people in the room, you and I would go, mate, that's out of order. Don't, yeah. don't talk about that. Until boys can do that when we're not there, it's not really going to move forward because we can sit and shout from the rooftops, but we need yeah. to have... Oh, yeah, I've heard backstage comment, com- comments before over someone that's not uh, a comic, but a friend of mine, and to her sexual proclivities backstage, and I lost my mind. And I was like, how dare you talk about her like that she's not here and what because she slept with two people that you you know but it's still kind of you know I, quite like, I mean it's interesting how the woman gets judged the woman always gets judged no matter how badly the man behaves yeah but I so I don't I don't know yeah I don't know what the answer is I think the answer is to try and kind of 
you know, you've got a girl, Catherine's got a girl, you know, we, you you try and nudge towards kind of going be or do anything. Yeah. And I'll just have to keep fighting for you because <laughs> in, in spite of the evidence around me, but you have to, th- you, that's, I guess the optimism comes from, you have to believe that there's hope. You have to keep fighting because... I do think it's going to change. I mean, I kind of feel like, you know, I, I, first of all, I have enjoyed watching porn in, a, in within the confines of a loving relationship. But I think quite a lot of the the misogyny that happens now didn't when I was at university. And I do think the rise of porn has contributed somewhat to that. Maybe not completely to that, but because women in porn films, they're not going, oh, I'm enjoying it. They're, well, some of them are without fake, oh, you know, and you're like, really? But there's that sort of attitude where men take what they want and women comply rather than it's a mutual mutually beneficial situation did you see the blurred lines um no and i need to watch it because someone else said that to me it was great my only thing was is that they seem to interview more men than women i was like this is a whole show about the rise of misogyny and you've interviewed like rod liddle i mean how is that going to be rod liddle got more airtime than mary beard how is that helpful oh really yeah um but and also they interviewed male comics about doing misogynist material um (laughs) So, so that was the bit that made me go, oh, so the con- you've not even made women part of the conversation with this to ask how they feel, what dressing rooms are like, what do you think is acceptable? Because we all know they could, there are fantastic comics who do routine, like Mike Wilmot, when he talks about his relationship with Elaine, his wife, and he loves women. And you can tell he's got a great line, in fact, which I was reminded of the other day. I got the train uh, to do Lucy Porter's gigs. You know, she does uh, the... The screaming the, laughter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're great gigs. And... Um, I was on the train and a guy got on. He was really drunk. He was in a suit. It's the middle of the day. He's got sick on him. He's pretty oh, nice. disgusted. He's banging on the train window for the train to leave. And then he spots this uh, girl, this blonde girl, like probably about nineteen twenty, And he starts sort of going, oi, blondie, oi, blondie. And she's ignoring him. And then he says it again. He goes, oi, oi, you fucking bitch. At which point, and this was, I was such a proud ovary owner at that point, right? Because <laughs> I went... If she's not responding, it's because she doesn't want to talk to you. Leave her the fuck alone. And then this South African girl, South Africa, is like, my friend, you need to think about the way you speak to women. That is not acceptable to use that word, right? And then another woman went, yeah, leave her alone. Like, And literally... Yay! Yeah! <laughs> and it reminded me, because Mike Wilmot's got that great line, because he's got two daughters, and he's got his wife, he's surrounded by really strong women. And he says, I always have that fear with women that, you know, you see women and they're like powerful, they're all going to form into one giant woman and attack me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a very funny line, but that's what happened there. We all like formed into a group to protect this. But it's interesting though, because I don't know if men know how scary that is when you're like 19, going back to that dealing with situations, you're not emotionally sort of uh, developed enough to deal with it. I mean, even at 40, if that happened to me, I'd be terrified and scared. And also that thing when you're walking back from a gig late at night, walking back into the house, you know, walking along the street from the tube and there's somebody walking behind me, you don't think, oh, there's somebody walking behind you. You think, your first thought is, I hope I don't get raped. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm being melodramatic here. No, I no, think, you're like... You think, oh God... I'm, you're looking you, for something to use as a weapon in your bag. To keep you're... yourself safe. Yeah. Well, I did it coming back on the... I got a train back from South End from a gig. Uh, I was doing a preview out there a couple of weeks ago. Got the train, it was a lovely sunny day. But then it hit a point, obviously, like I got the train back at half... Dark it was time. only half nine. It was only half nine. Yeah, but and uh, and already like the, every single like the trait the overground, uh-huh. just full of like very very aggressive men and what and then the train was empty and this guy got on and he sat opposite me, 
And I went, dude, the train, seriously? And I just got up and moved. I was like, because it's such threatening behavior yeah. on an empty train to sit opposite a woman who's on her own. And it's, and then I got to, got off, went to get that? on the bus. I had to get a cab home. Got on the bus, the 43, you know, we're up a Holloway, yeah. the overground. Went to go and get on this bus and this guy come over and he went, I like waiting for the night bus. And then he just stared at me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, God, what have I done? Why have these people been sent to torture me? Yeah, so then I I had to go and pay for a cab. Like, I could get the bus to yeah. basically outside my door. And I went, well, no, I have to go. Do you go think guys get... realise how scary that is? Or do you think it's just... I don't know if that, that's what I mean about porn. If that kind of that um, gives you a right to walk up to women and expect that just them just to take the way you speak to them. There was that. There was a really um, there was a, a program on about ten years ago where a guy dressed as a woman and he said he was so shocked to walk around the streets. Yeah. The way that men, you know, when men apparently when they make eye contact, they both look away. Whereas he said that when men looked at him, they sized him up and down, and he felt violated just by the look. And was unfamiliar with that feeling. And you're Have like, you seen that video? Is it the French one where they re- reverse it? Uh, they they do the the, the 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 day in the life of a woman, and it's got a guy, but he's treated the way a woman is, where someone tries to attack her, and it's like, but you're a bit of a slut, aren't you? You've you know, it's amazing. You have to look it up. It's like a feminist. It's we should find a link to give right. them at the end Let's to look it that. up. I'll look it up um, now. And we'll carry on. And, and it's the French. Uh, uh, the misogyny opposite video or the you know the anti-misogyny video and it's incredible just with the and you see a because to, a topless man jogging so you uh-huh. just see a, t- a man walking along like the man's playing the woman's role and a topless woman just jogs past and he's like oh you know because like men with that and then he gets grabbed he gets everything grabbed and it's really interesting the way everyone responds to him from top to bottom and uh people ignoring him not listening to him when he you know the searing video puts a man puts puts yes. a man through the everyday. Okay, here yeah. we go. So it's on. This is one I found on Je- I found it on Jezebel. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. It's an amazing video. Okay. Let me see. What, I don't know what the link is. Okay, and it's a woman she's jogging with no clothes on. Well, there's oh, a, I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a reverse. So it's a okay, man. So go, go on to Jezebel and look up. Um, puts a man. I'm um, putting a man through the everyday sexism ringer. Putting yeah. a man through the everyday. Isn't the um, French one? It's the French one. Yes. Yeah. But it's um, it, it's just there was a, I, it's I, um, weird because France are more progressive than us. They've just put a woman in charge of a foot uh, in in. They you have know, they have a, a, a female uh, football manager. Yeah, yeah, they're and, progressive in some ways, and they're and like, in others. <laughs> but then, like in America, I think they're way more. But when I come back here, and you've done this, you've been to America. When you come back here, you feel like crying because you go, "We're ten years behind." Well, you know, the, the like in terms thing. of the live or the the amount of. I guess the volume of people, but... The TV thing's interesting in America because they've obviously gone, women are sat at home watching TV right now. So um, we're back on. We filled up the memory card and we're back on. Um, Because we were getting on to how progressive America is and how there's so many more more American women on TV. Yeah. Albeit looking slightly like weird aliens from outer space (laughs) with frozen faces. (laughs) Hang on two seconds. The weird alien with frozen faces thing I find interesting because we were driving along Sunset Boulevard and um, there was a picture of Courtney uh, Cox with her new show, now, uh, which is Cougar Town. It's a new series of Cougar Town. And Max, my nine-year-old, is a picture of Courtney Cox with all her co-stars on it yeah. and she's holding a glass of wine. Now, I'm not sure, but I think she might have had something injected into her lips because her mouth looks a little bit fuller than it used to. Right. And Max said... Is that an advert telling you not to drink too much wine because it makes your mouth look funny? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh. <laughs> oh, it's such a shame. I mean, but she feels that pressure. It's a shame that people, because we get bombarded with, you know, fight the signs of aging, fight the seven signs of aging, put mm. on a cream, dye your hair, don't, whatever you do, don't look like you're meant to look. Yeah. Because we won't find that attractive. Well, there was an interesting, there was a whole bit on a, on um, Bill Burr's stand-up thing that I watched, which I have a lot to say about, but we don't have time. But there was a whole bit about plastic surgery and kind of, and it, and it's a funny routine, but it kind of mocks people that have it done. And I was like, I think it's deeper than that. I think you need to look at why people have it done. I think that's where the interesting sociological debate lies, you know? But because I've had, it. I mean... I don't know if you remember my Uncomfortably Numb show, 2012. Yes, I so I had all the plastic surgery markings yeah. on my face. And that sprung up from a genuine, this was my hairdresser, me going to have my hair done. After she'd done the colour, she went, do you want me to cut you a fringe? And I went, I don't know. And then she went, everyone over 30 should have a fringe because you don't want people seeing your whole face. I was told that in America. Really? I mean, do you want a fringe then? Bangs. Do you yeah. want bangs? Do you want bangs. Yeah, but and that's but and that really and that was it. And I was like, "You're my hairdresser. You're supposed to make me feel good." <laughs> but you've obviously been told this as a pe- and kind of going. People don't want to see. And I go, "I do want to see. I do want to see wrinkles. I do accept that age happens." And I actually think that um, a few lines are much more beautiful to look at than this crazy, puffy, pillow-faced. Everyone's got the same face. I think there's going to be a dystopian future. You know, where women, where men start going out with avatars because they can display actual emotion. Right? <laughs> and then women are just there like for babies, just for breeding. Have you and read The t- Handmaid's Tale by um, Margaret Atwood? No, I haven't. Read The Handmaid's Tale. Right. Because it's really into it's, it's about men having wives, but also having their handmaids who there's some for sex and some for babies but what i find interesting is like your partner's called paul and if yeah. paul had a, a handmaid whose handmaid would be called off paul of paul or off or stevens would be like off stephen right which makes me laugh when you think off com offstead <laughs> and all these things yeah. that are just getting fucked over <laughs> they're put in place but um to sort of keep an eye on things but not so fact well yeah they're minding well, I think, we, I think the worrying thing is, and everyone, you do what you want. Listen, I'm not saying, you know, I just said this in the show, I was like, I'm, I'm proud to own my face. But, you know, I may not always feel that way, but I do think that, you know, um, we, we shouldn't be normalising this kind of crazy look. We shouldn't be normalising experience... You know, you're being 50, but you're trying to... Because you don't look 25. That's the problem. You don't look... You, you look a weird, crazy, indeterminable kind of... What's her name that's... Um, she was Transformers. Megan Fox. Yeah. She's quite a young girl, but she's obviously had something done to her face because she doesn't look... I mean, I don't know if she's like maybe 30, but yeah. she looks... She, since for the past five years, she's looked different, and I yeah. don't think you look. You don't think you look younger if you have plastic surgery. You just look different. But what I want to go back to was what you said about how it's important to understand the reasons why people yeah. have plastic surgery. Because when my first marriage was collapsing, I had my boobs lifted because I got fixated on the idea that maybe it was going wrong because I just had two kids and my boobs were your tits. Like, my it's tits. your tits fault. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that good? Isn't it? But when you say it out loud, you go, it, it sounds, sounds crazy. absurd. But when you're in it. And also, who are you going to, I mean, I've got girlfriends, but who are you going to talk to about, you know, maybe it's the boobs. That's, yeah. So mm. I, and also having had it, I mean, I was delighted with the outcome and now, yeah. you know, <laughs> I had a fresh pair of boobs, but it's, I feel bad for a younger Wendy feeling that if that feels weird. Yeah, no. Well, there's a there's a thing that they do 
<clears throat> which they're actually doing therapy, which is really handy. It's like kind of at traumatic situations in your life is to kind of go back and go, what would you say to yourself then? <laughs> and a lot of the time, a lot of the, a lot of the man times, up, Wendy. Well, no, but drink. a lot of the times you would kind of go, you'd see that person in pain and you would be their friend and you would go, I can't believe you think that. No, yeah. I just want to hug you and it's going to be okay. You know, that's the thing you feel. This tra- If you look back on her then, you'd go, if you knew that, say it wasn't you, but it was somebody who's exactly the same, you'd probably go, oh my God. And you'd be like, don't be ridiculous. He's, an, you yeah. know, it's, it's not just, working you know, out because you're not compatible yeah. or, you know, he's well, being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you would. You would yeah. go back and be, and for, if it was Bella. Yeah. Well, your this daughter. Is, that's the great thing about you, having a daughter. You say, what would you tell your daughter? Which is yeah. terrible. Here's my little muse here that's going to yeah. be my little psychological crutch. And what would I tell her? Yeah. I, mean, I remember once, actually, we got um, my friend, myself and Tara Flynn, um, comedian Tara Flynn, you know her, yes. very funny, very talented lady. We were walking along. We were trying to get a taxi in Los Angeles. And we had a few drinks at Soho House. And I think we were going to the Chateau Marmont because there were some Golden Globes party or something we were invited to. And we couldn't get a taxi. And this guy slowed down and said... I'll give you a lift. Do you want a lift, ladies? And I was kind of like, yeah, well, actually, I do want a lift. And he went, I'm a policeman. Don't worry about getting in the car. I'm a policeman. And flashed this sort of crappy badge. And I went, oh. And then thought, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. And Tara went, Wendy, we can't get into a car. It's a dodgy guy on Sunset Boulevard. We can't get into a car. Fake police ID. A fake police and I was like, ah, oh, it'll be fine. And she said, what would you tell Bella? Oh, yeah, we're not getting in the car. We're not my daughter is my sort of my... like they're popping up on your shoulder <laughs> mummy is it okay if I <laughs> no yeah. it's not it's okay if I accept a lift with a strange man actually maybe not such a good idea um so yeah but I do think it's interesting lo- looking into the reasons why but that thing like um Joan Rivers is quite open about her um plastic surgery and I was reading Lucille, Lucille Ball talking about how funny girls often want the plastic surgery because they don't want to be the funny girls they want to be the pretty ones well i think as well there is a difference between uh, the aging thing is one thing the frozen aging look is one thing if there's things about yourself you're genuinely unhappy with uh, with and you want to change then change them i'm not anti that i'm not anti i would rather see someone happily living their life because they've they've gone oh well i have to say having like had my boobs lifted that i was a lot more confident about myself and I don't regret having it done because mm. it self confidence. Maybe just the reasons for the reasons for getting it done wasn't ideal, but, but you know it yeah. gave me the confidence yeah. to sort of crack on and move on. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, in a weird way, it was kind of helpful. <laughs> yeah, but 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 that's I think that's the looking at the you want to look at the root of the pro- and I guess that's sort of the approach to my stand up. I think you know when it, you're at your best. I think for me, when I'm at my best as a comic is when I'm doing social political and personal and you're you are looking at the root of things rather than just the surface Mm -hmm. so you know I had a big bit in that show actually about how you know for men it seemed it's it's, it's really unfair because women you always have to maintain the way you know you look your whole life you always have to look incredible whereas men and there'd always be a guy in the front row who I'd point out whereas men can just sort of let themselves go can't you love right (laughs) you know okay it doesn't matter you know and we all laugh and I go that's a silly cheap joke but I do mean that I do mean men become silver foxes women go gray and there comes a point on television where Bruce Forsyth can tap dance his way into into the you know into the old person's home but if you're a woman and you're on television and you're over 45 you better have a fucking fringe you know that's the (laughs) 
<laughs> so so I think it's I think that's what all the interesting stuff lies whether it's in conversation comedy whatever and that's what we've got to look into that's what we've got to start going let's stop making the prep let's it's been normalized in Hollywood because everyone's having the surgery mm-hmm. now you're the odd one if you don't and that there's something really odd about do that do you think it might be something to do with um, decreeing that women are at their most attractive in the childbearing years maybe is maybe is that a thing is that a possibility whereas guys they can no, go because on. there's it's, so I mean, many. That, that's the sort of real nub of of who we are and what we do. Um, who was I looking at the other day? There was a photo of her, and I was like, "I, oh, you'd put that." Is it Talia Balsam? You know, who's in Mad Men? Is that, is that how you say her name? I, I don't, don't know, know how you say. She was married to George. She was George Clooney's first wife, in fact, and she's Roger's <laughs> Isn't that wife. Terrible? I know. Isn't that terrible? But no, but I said her name first. Oh, yeah, you did. You did. But so, but I didn't so, know um, but uh, but she was. She's she's. Um, Roger Avery's wife in it. She's his wife. She's quite ball busting. Talia Balsam. Here we go. Let me just bring up an, an image of her. Okay. Okay. And there's one of her, and she's in a white 55. shirt. You might, you might, yeah. You might see it later if you scan down. There's one of her in a white shirt. She's sort of got her legs out, but it's kind of what. And she just looks. I think I kept a photo of it on my phone because I went. She looks as amazing. Well, she looked, but not plastic. She looks like a woman who's in her fifties, but she looks so sexy. She looks incredible. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Um, so if you can find, I'll, the link I'll, to that. I will link that up. Do you know what? I'm going to put? I'll put it on my blog. I'll put it on my blog. And, and, we'll and I just it. and I just go put that up. I, you can put that up to a photo of a hot twenty year old, and I would go. They stand side by side. They're different, but they're both beautiful. Keep her. Keep keep. Do you know? I would keep. I was going to say keep her. Keep the twenties. I would not. Not be twenty again. No, because all the because you now. have you look amazing, but you have no idea. You have no. You're just full of riddled with self doubt. Riddled with self doubt. Um, I want to when and... I see like you know when you're at a gig. The amount of times I've been at a gig and I've gone into the toilets and there's been some girl in there crying and you just want to go, oh mate. <laughs> It really doesn't matter. It's fine. Yeah, it won't. Here, yeah, I'm, I don't know what you're crying about, but I'm going to cut to he's a dick. You're gorgeous. Move on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> nine times out of ten there's that, that great oh I'm, I need to look this up because I can't remember what, the, what it's called there's, I think it's a Danish thing where they figure out how many times in a film a woman has a conversation based on referring to a man or oh, not oh no, that's the uh, uh, the Betchdale test Betchdale test yeah and it's yeah uh, I mean so much of the stuff we see doesn't pass it um, I'm hoping I've written something which I which I think will um will be great and future women have we'll see what happens you well, know best- with all of these things but, oh yeah well most definitely you know the Bechdale test the t- and they've got the top 10 uh, top 10 movies if, if um if the, the, the various different um thing, things that are necessary for to, for the Bechdale test uh, basically it's a movie where there has to be at least two named women in it who talk to each other about, about something, something other, other than, than men. a man yeah which is brilliant yeah um, I'm not going to read this, not all, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put that on the blog as well. Did you just spill your mm. some prosecco on you? I did because then I panicked <laughs> and went. I need to leave in a minute. To you get need to, to my go gig. and do your gig. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us, Tiff. I we have got overexcited and I'm uh, we filled up the, the memory card. So I will. T- I might have to have you back in if I can't find the start of our chat. <laughs> we'll have, have to do it all again. Yeah. But you've been a delight, thank as always. Thank you so much for coming in and good luck for your gig tonight. And you, anything you want to plug? Kilkenny? Uh, yeah, Kilkenny. Come to Kilkenny um, if you're in Ireland. Um, Edinburgh. 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 Let's, pro- let's plug Edinburgh because you and I will both be there. We'll both be there. 
What time are you on? I'm on at 5.15. What time? I'm 5.15 at the Gilded Balloon. Where 9.15 at the Gilded Balloon. Oh, brilliant. So, so we'll you can make each other's shows. Loads of brilliant women at the Gilded Balloon this year. Loads. Uh, me, you, Zoe Lyons, Celia Pacuola, Eleanor Tiernan. Great. Katie Mulgrew. Loads of great women there. Fantastic. Really good. Okay, well, thanks very much for coming in, Tiff. And um, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>